Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, Absolute Nonsense. I'm seeing more and more news articles about cities and municipalities that are looking to ban perfumes in public. They wouldn't be the first ones. Back in 2000, the city of Halifax, Canada declared themselves a fragrance-free zone. You're not allowed to wear aftershave or perfume or hair gel or scented deodorant or even use a shampoo with any discernible smell. Don't even think about showering with a scented soap or a shower gel. Anyone who defies this ban can expect to be kicked out of public buildings or town meetings, escorted off of buses, or even kicked out of school. In other words, they have banned common sense. In fact, when this went in, one teenager got suspended from school twice for wearing dippity-doo hair gel and aqua velva deodorant, and they threatened to arrest him for assault. That's right, assault. Smelling, even smelling good, although I doubt this kid did, is a crime in Halifax. Who is assaulted by odors? People suffering from multiple chemical sensitivity, or MCS. MCS victims are highly susceptible to common chemicals. Extremely low levels of exposure, which don't bother normal folks, make life miserable for MCS sufferers. The things we take for granted, even like, like the ink on magazines or the smell of a new car or the touch of synthetic fibers or just about anything else that makes the modern world modern, gives them severe reactions. Some of them hang their mail outside for weeks before they dare to open it. Some insist on clothes that are not only made from natural fibers but unbleached and uncolored. Many live as far away from civilization as possible in houses carefully constructed to use a minimum of chemicals. It's a miserable existence. And the worst part of it is that MCS does not exist. It is an entirely imaginary disease. The principle of MCS is the total load theory. We're asked to imagine a barrel being filled with something drop by drop, and eventually one drop causes the barrel to overflow. When this happens, there's no cure and no way to empty the barrel. Of course, human bodies aren't barrels and are perfectly capable of flushing out most of the chemicals MCSers blame for their illnesses. Yes, there are some things that do tend to build up in the body, although even those tend to get flushed out over time. It just takes a longer time. But the theory is appropriately named. It is certainly a total load. The human body simply doesn't work that way. Exposure to toxins tends to raise resistance, not lower it. Now, that's not the case with allergies, where you can become more and more sensitive to something as you're exposed to it. But MCS sufferers are very quick to point out that their symptoms are toxic reactions, not allergic reactions. And while some people may have increased sensitivity to one or two chemicals or one or two classes of chemicals, there's absolutely no medical basis for people to have such adverse reactions to such a wide variety of vastly different substances. Here's a list of things that MCS sufferers claim to be sensitive to. Bleach, fabric softeners, wool wash, detergents, perfumes, 
air fresheners, anything scented or perfumed, gasoline, diesel, the exhaust from gasoline or diesel, pesticides, fertilizers, any agricultural chemicals, shampoos, hairsprays, personal care products, dishwashing liquid, detergent, any kind of glue, including carpet glue, varnishes, polishes, paints, solvents, paint thinners, anything that's petroleum-based, including petroleum jelly, any kind of plastic, doesn't matter what class or sort of plastic, formaldehyde, newsprint, or the ink on magazines, medications, permanent press fabrics, synthetic fabrics, the dyes used in fabrics, rubbing alcohol, felt-tip pens, fluoridated tap water, chlorinated tap water. A lot of them will take it a step further and claim reactions to temperature, electromagnetic fields, airline flights, and fluorescent lighting. Wow, that sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? And just take a look at the symptoms that they have. Difficulty breathing, chest pains, asthma, skin irritation, contact dermatitis, hives, other kinds of skin rashes, migraine headaches, digestive difficulties, nausea, indigestion, heartburn, vomiting, diarrhea, food intolerances, fatigue, lassitude, vertigo, dizziness, an abnormally acute sense of smell, sensitivity to the smell of natural plants, insomnia, dry mouth, dry eyes, burning eyes, stinging eyes, an overactive bladder, an underactive bladder, wheezing, breathlessness, nausea, headache, poor memory, bad concentration, a runny nose, sore throat, cough, sinus problems, sensitivity to light and noise, digestive problems, and muscle and joint pain, to name a few. Hey, did you have any of these symptoms uh, in the past month, in the past three or four months? Yeah, probably. Hey, maybe you have multiple chemical sensitivity. The medical community, being familiar with the way the human body works, have mostly ignored these people. There have been a few double-blind studies conducted, and they confirm what real doctors suspected. These people are suffering, but they're suffering from nothing more than extreme hypochondria. When MCS sufferers were exposed to distilled water but told it contained trace elements of one of the chemicals they were afraid of, they had horrible reactions. Exposing them to water that was doped with their chemical du jour but telling them it was pure water? No reaction. So real doctors direct sufferers of MCS to real psychotherapists who might be able to help them find relief. But most MCSers respond by writing off the real doctors as quacks and then seeking out real quacks and throwing money at them. One doctor who specializes in MCS diagnosed 196 out of 200 new patients as having MCS. The other four? Well, they came in with previous diagnoses of cancer. Quacks often prescribe homeopathy, a make-believe cure for this make-believe disease, and sometimes it even works, temporarily. All cures are temporary, though, because a permanent cure would mean the MCSer would have to find another way to get attention. Yeah, I said get attention. You see, if this were a real disease, it's likely it would be kind of spread out throughout the population, but the vast majority of MCSers are middle-aged, middle-class white women. Evidently, minorities are either too busy working or too realistic to suffer from it, or they have other ways of getting attention. Wealthy women have ways of getting attention, and poor women who can't afford high-priced quacks don't bother with it either. Most men prefer getting attention by shows of strength instead of shows of weakness. So, hypochondria isn't nearly as common among us. 
Hey, come on. Is there anything more pathetic than a male hypochondriac? MCSers make this illness the center of their lives, often surrounding themselves with other MCSers. They usually have plenty of other diseases to complain about, too, spending hours poring over medical and pseudo-medical literature, searching for new illnesses to add to their list. They prefer diseases that are rare, untreatable, and difficult to diagnose. Years ago, when I first started looking into this, their favorite one was chronic fatigue. And the last time I checked it out, which was a while ago, it was fibromyalgia. And they may have moved on to another disease by now. If I cared enough, I guess I could go look it up. Coal miners used to take canaries into the mines. The birds are more sensitive to deadly gases than human beings, so if the canary keeled over, it was time to leave and pump some fresh air into the mine. MCSers love to refer to themselves as canaries in the coal mine, the sacrificial victims warning the rest of us of imminent danger. Unfortunately, they refuse to take the metaphor to its logical conclusion and die. Instead, they just linger on, spreading their misery to anyone that they can corner. I've had the misfortune of having to deal directly with some of these folks, and the one that uh, sticks in my mind the most is a woman, yes, a middle-aged white woman, who traveled in a circle of friends that I used to travel in. I don't travel in too much anymore, but occasionally visit from time to time. Now, you didn't usually see her because she was usually at home watching to make sure that her husband was using the UV light correctly to kill all the dust mites in every nook and cranny of their apartment. Rumor has it that they sued every single landlord they ever had, in one case, for construction that was happening across the street from them. But the dust came in, and it made her MCS worse. Now, this is the kind of person that if you see her before she sees you, you want to run away. If you know her, the first sentence out of her mouth is going to be something about her disease or her illness. If you don't know her, within 30 seconds, she's going to tell you about her diseases and her illnesses. Now, there's a lot of stories about this person, but my particular favorite was she went to the dentist and he told her that he saw the beginnings of gum disease and she'd have to floss more often. She flossed, she claimed, so much that she got carpal tunnel syndrome. Sometimes it's hard to keep a straight face when you're dealing with these people. It's really not too surprising that governments cater to such nonsense. They'll do absolutely anything that can increase their power and their rulemaking abilities. First, they stepped in to combat secondhand smoke, which is a real thing with imaginary connections to real diseases. Now we have perfumes and scents. A real thing with an imaginary connection to an imaginary disease. And in a few more years, people may successfully demand that the government protect them from imaginary things that have imaginary connections to other imaginary things. Soon, new laws may let us sue strangers whose bad juju is making our invisible pet unicorn cranky. I wish I were kidding. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartenized. Today is August 15th. There are just two more weeks for nominations in the podcast Peer Awards. 
If you are a podcaster and you haven't been over there, get over there, podcastpeers.org. Sign up. Be part of what's going on over there. If you're a listener looking for some new shows, go on over there and check out the nominations page. I'm pretty sure you'll find some really cool shows that you weren't aware of. Today's recommended podcast is Matt's Today in History. Matt Dottillo does a really good job of doing very short, information-packed, well-produced stories about today in history. Whatever particular day it is, he picks that day and picks a historical event from sometime in the past that took place on that same date and gives you lots of details and a complete story about what's been going on. And he does it all in a rather short show, which, as you know, I'm fond of short shows. So check out Matt's Today in History for a cool podcast to add to your list. As always, I do love hearing from folks. Hitman at DaveHit.com. You can find the correct spelling of that in the MP3 tags of this file, or you can go to DaveHit.com, that's spelled with two T's, and you'll find a whole load of mail links on just about every page there. You can also give me a call at 206-203-4488. That's 206-203-HIT. And as I've mentioned before, it's always free if you call from work. Last of all, never forget, but the Quick Hits podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.